Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. God wants to speak to somebody today. Eleven says, Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking God's help. Everyone, let's read verse 10 together as one voice, everyone in the room. But when Daniel, let me hear you. still in our vision month entitled uh, we declared 2023 to be the year of distinction where we prophesied in this year God will distinguish and mark out his remnant so that his glory will be evident in our lives we read first Peter chapter 1 verse 13 uh, well just let's go verse 16 but because it is written be holy for I am holy and so I've been having you say this every week purposely Let's say, I don't have to try. I just have to be. All you got to do is be who God has already created you to be. You don't have to try to be it. You are it. You just got to be. I don't have to try for my salvation. I am saved. 
All I got to do is walk in what I've already am. What people are doing is trying. God don't want you to try. He just wants you to be. Oh, I'm trying to be my father's son. No, I don't got to try to be my father's son. I am his son. Say, I am his child. I don't got to try to be his child. I am his child. He said, because I'm holy, he says, you are also holy, meaning you're separate. You're set apart. Amen. And so I had some announcements. I'll leave it at the end. I want to go straight into it so we don't hold uh, long because God's presence was here and I don't want to break up where we're at. All right. So I want to talk to you today from the message entitled A Distinguished Devotion. A Distinguished Devotion. When you get in the atmospheres like this, this is because of devotion. Amen. And so I want to take us back into Daniel where we were. Uh, Daniel chapter one last week, we talked about how Daniel's in uh, Daniel in uh, Hananiah, Azariah, and I'm forgetting one male, Michelle, they were uh, standing up uh, for God. They didn't compromise. They didn't eat of the king's delicacies. Okay. And so now I wanted to take us to Daniel chapter six and I needed to revisit something. Uh, I want to take us to Daniel chapter six because I want us to see this progression of Daniel and them just being not trying, but just doing, okay, just being. And so I want to kind of show you something. Hello, I'm Vernon Hill Sr., teaching pastor here at TCF. Hello, my name is Aretha Hill. I am the director of Glory Girls. Thank you for watching us today. If you're in need of a church community and you feel the Lord leading you to connect to this ministry, become more than a member, be a partner. When you partner with TCF, you become an agent of change, assisting the vision and the mission of the church to connect lives of the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. We would love to partner in community and do life with you. So come to TCF. We look forward to seeing you. And remember, transformation starts here. Daniel chapter 1, they trusted God. They were put to the test. He, he asked the eunuch to put them to the test for 10 days. 10 days, we're not going to eat of the, uh, of, the, of the delicacies of the king and watch what happens. After those 10 days, you saw that God was with Daniel and the Hebrew boys, right? Now, I want you to understand something and understand something clear. When they took over a particular nation, those are hundreds of thousands to millions of people that have been sieged. And out of these thousands of people, right, they're, uh, Nebuchadnezzar wants the smartest of the smart of that bunch. So you're talking about thousands of people in the Hebrew camp that may have been selected, right? But out of, for what we know, the scripture only tells us that four out of thousands, just four of what we know of, did not partake of the way of the Chaldeans. Meaning that they stood to say, hey, I'll learn what y'all need, what y'all learn the literature, I'll learn the language, all this stuff, but I'm not eating that that's been sacrificed to pagan gods. Yeah. I'm not doing that. That's, that's where I draw the line. That's just not going to happen, right? And so you have that going on. So in Daniel chapter 1, their lives could have been at, at risk because if it didn't work, they could have been on the king's bad list. But they saw that the favor of God was upon them in Daniel chapter 1. Let's continue on Daniel chapter 2. King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And all of his boys who, who, who uh, are soothsayers, magicians, and, you know, quote, unquote, trying to foretell the future, couldn't foretell his dream. Yeah. Couldn't use the manipulation to figure out what was going on. So God uses his servant, Daniel, yeah. to interpret this dream and save everybody's lives. Lives on the line, God gives them revelation because of Daniel trusting God. Moving to Daniel chapter 3, Daniel was not present for this uh, particular uh, account that happens in Scripture, but we have Michelle, Hananiah, and Azariah. You know them as, um, I'm calling them by their real names, but their names under the Chaldeans was Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, I don't know where to get these names from. But anyway, so they, they, they stood up. They didn't bow down to the king. Yeah. They made a golden calf. King Nebuchadnezzar, got to understand the Babylons, they were the world power that day, dominant. 
Hebrews, the, he, Jew, uh, the Jews were not the only, or Jerusalem was not the only nation that they had under siege. They were a world power. They were dominant, right? But these men who were in the king's court, who were favored by the king, did not stand and bow down to, what they, uh, to, to the commands to worship this calf, this golden statue. That's there. He didn't, they didn't do that. They didn't worship that golden statue. No, they just stood and said, hey, I, I'm not standing for this. I mean, excuse me, I'm not bound to this. That you, you are not our God and all of that stuff. We serve you, but we don't, but we, hey, we, we serve you in the, in the court, but our true living God is, is, is the God of the Hebrews. All right? Not doing that. All right? King Nebuchadnezzar got mad. Let's throw him in the fiery furnace. Throws him in the fiery furnace and the bo- they were like, hey, listen, no matter what you do to us, you know, we believe God can deliver us. And if he doesn't deliver us, nonetheless, we still ain't bowing down. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't bow down then. And uh, they, saw a fourth per- they saw a fourth person in the fire. Right. That fourth person, it was Jesus that was in the fire with them. Right. So after that, Daniel heard of this. So you see this ongoing progression. Right ongoing progression of different things that has arisen in one's life that uh, that has arisen in one's life that God has proved his faithfulness to so that they can continue to trust in him. I want you to write this down and I want you to remember this, right? The things or circumstances that you go into life where God has proven himself, right? Is so that it would be is so that it will result in continual obedience. So the better way to write this is that your history with God should result in continual obedience to God, meaning that the the history of God's faithfulness should yield us to continually to be obedient to him because he's proven himself to be that. So he can be trusted because he has been, because even when you thought certain things didn't go right, God has still stayed true to who he is, right? So by staying true to who he is, he wants you to say, take heart in that so that you can be obedient to him, all right? So we're here in Daniel chapter 6, and I'm almost finished. The same situation has arisen again. Again, they're living in a foreign culture, ladies and gentlemen, that's against the ways of God. As I told us last week, we are in a foreign world. When you are born again, this world is foreign to you because what God says in his decrees and his kingdom are totally different than how the world system is. The world system is ran by Satan himself. He's the ruler of this age, the Bible would say. Right? But here's the thing. The world tells you to do something that's opposing against what God's decree and his command is. And so that's foreign. And so we're living in this foreign world that's opposed to the kingship of God, right? And so it's constantly trying to tempt us to denounce God and to worship ourselves and our flesh. It is a culture that wants us to gratify oneself instead of the uh, the fear of the Lord. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, we have gotten away from understanding uh, what the fear of the Lord is all about. The fear of the Lord is that I I do not walk in terror to God. I walk in this this, this reverential uh, 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 position as a child is to their parent. Are you get what I'm saying? That means there is a healthy fear that I have for my father because I know that there are certain things that I should not do based upon what he told me. So I don't fear God in the sense that I that I, I, I that I terror him. No, those who are believers, those who are believers, we should not be terrified of God. Those who are unbelievers should be terrified of God. The Bible would tell us it's a horrible thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's for the unbeliever. But for the believer, you are a child of God. I walk as a child. Now, I'm grown in my faith, but I'm still a child. Just because I'm grown don't make me not someone's child. Though I make decisions for myself, I'm still someone's child. What I'm trying to tell you is, yes, you are supposed to grow in your faith, but you are still a child. You get what I'm saying? 
The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, again, Daniel's presented not not under the Babylonians, but now we're in Daniel chapter six. And I'm moving very fast is that we're in Daniel chapter six. And now the Medes and the Persians has taken over Babylon. They have captured Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel told him that he was going down in the earlier chapters. Right. And the Medes and the Persians, they take over. They take over Babylon, and now they have another situation that's arisen. Daniel now is a lot older than what we've met him in Daniel chapter 1. The scholars would tell us that Daniel was probably around 17 years old when he made the decision to make a stand. Now we have a more mature Daniel because Daniel has been walking with God for a while now. And now that Daniel's walked with God, nothing phases him because he's seen it all. I don't care how young you are or whatever experience. If you got history with God, certain things don't shouldn't phase you at this moment. I'm not phased by this. Here we go again. You get what I'm saying? I've said that a lot. I don't know about you, but oh, okay. I see this from a mile away. I know what this looks like. Here we go again. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh God, come on now. I really have to go through this again. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's like, oh, come on, man. Not this, right? But Daniel, again, there's another decree that goes out. But this time, it's a little different. Daniel's being conspired against, meaning that people are in, king, in the king's court of King Darius's court is trying to conspire against him. Meaning, ladies and gentlemen, they don't like Daniel because Daniel had an excellent spirit. Daniel was a man of integrity. He was a man of humility. He was a man of God. He walked with God, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel, Daniel was on his stuff, and they were jealous of that. They were jealous of it, and they wanted him out, right? And so the way that you do this is that the enemy begin to study his habits. And Daniel had good habits. Daniel was a, a, a devout man. He was, excuse me, a devout man. That means that he was wholeheartedly committed to his God. That means that when Daniel showed up at work as the governor, people knew that he was not committed to anybody else but his God. It was evident that he was committed to God. It was known that he was committed to God. He was committed. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody had to guess what Daniel believed. Nobody had to wonder what he believed. Nobody had to scratch their heads. Is it Daniel? Is he getting into heaven? They knew that this man was close to God. (laughs) People don't have to wonder with Daniel because he was evident about it. Not because he was trying to be seen, but this was just a part of his lifestyle. I want you to see that. He not trying to be seen. I'm not trying to walk around like he's holier than thou. No, that's not what it was. It was that he was walking in this place because it was his lifestyle. He was doing it because it's a part of him. I want you to hear this. When you do things that because it is a lifestyle, it will never feel like you're, it will never come across like you just doing this to be seen because that's not what it was for Daniel. I love God, and that's what I'm going to do, what, what God commands of me. Yeah. And in my love for God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. And in verse 10, ladies and gentlemen, as I take us there, let's go to verse 10, and let's see what it reads, and we're going to get out of here. Thank you for the amen. I love children when they're in church. I love it. Mine is probably sleep somewhere. <laughs> He's sleeping in the back. Here we go. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. I want you to see this. Daniel wasn't new to this. Daniel was true to what he did. This was his, he's building a distinguished devotion and making this a part of his lifestyle. He's making it a part 
of his lifestyle. What am I telling you? A lifestyle of prayer. You have to have, if you're going to build a distinguished devotion, it has to be built on a lifestyle of prayer. Prayer, ladies and gentlemen, is the lifeline of every believer. Prayer, contrary to people's opinions, it does work. I am not a person that speaks against therapy. I believe therapy is important. I've always taught that therapy is important. But let me tell you something. Therapy, talking to a therapist is great. And I acknowledge that people need to do it. But what I'm going to tell you now is you better have, you better make sure you're talking to God. Because there's things that man cannot tell you that the almighty supernatural God can cut through. I'm going to tell you this now. There's certain things that only your supernatural heavenly father can cut through. I'm telling you now. There's certain things that there when, when God speaks, it's good to listen to my therapist. And let me tell you something. You better listen to them. You're paying money. So you better listen. They don't care if you listen or not as long as you're paying that check. Amen. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, you can keep talking all you want to. I'm going to help you, but you're paying that money. And it's good to have therapy. I'm an advocate for it. But what I'm even more of an advocate for is that you spend time with God. Because there's certain things you can get from God that man cannot talk to you or minister to you like God can minister to you. There's certain things that God can do for you. That man can. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that does not degrade that. I'm saying that you have to pray and spend time in the presence of God. Daniel, this was not new to him. This is something he did since a young age. Since his youth, he's been building this devotion, this lifestyle of prayer. You get what I'm saying? And so what happens is, is that they conspire against him. And because he's been building these habits, you know what they do to Daniel? They use his own devotion against him. And the Lord told me to warn you that in this year, there will be, if you build a distinguished devotion towards him, there are going to be times where the enemy will try to use it against you. That he will try to use your own devotion to God against you to try to interrupt that. To try to present certain circumstances in front of you to get you to stop, uh, uh, to stop in the habit of spending time with God. Let me pause right here. Have you ever noticed in your life when you stopped or took times where you were so busy, where you weren't praying as much, where you weren't really in your word as much, when you notice how your spirit was just all over the place? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that when you don't spend as much time with God because life got you busy? Not something that things are going bad or nothing. It's just that you're just flustered. You're just a little flustered. You, you're not altogether there. And then when things happen that, don't, that you didn't see happen happens, then you're like, oh, my God. Then you're really in your feelings. See, when you're devoted to God, it helps keep you out of your feelings. A lot of us are ruled by our feelings. You in your feels. That's what they say today. I hope. Sakina, is that what they say? Okay. I just, you know, just trying to stay a little bit culturally. <laughs> they got me in my feels. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when you're staying in the, this devotion with God, it ain't complicated. But you got to find what works. This worked for Daniel. I want you to hear this because then some people are going to think that this is the recipe. No, the recipe is having some form of devotion. You may not have the opera, but let me tell you something. You don't get a pass because Daniel, let me put this in perspective. Sometimes you don't know that Daniel was a whole governor. Meaning that this man was very busy. He had a nation to help run. So for some of you, we got kids. Amen. Yeah. I'm going to pause there for a second. 
You know, I just had my first one here. And uh, I didn't realize how much sleep deprived you can be. Me, myself, I'm only running on a couple of hours. Sam encouraged me not too long ago that it, will, it won't last. It will pass. This no sleep thing is, you know, so what I found out was, I'm like, nah, I said, now, Lord, listen, I work full time, I pastor full time, all of this stuff. I got to find ways to get creative here to make sure I, I'm spending constant devotion here. Because there are things that happens where you got to start adjusting. You know what I'm saying? Life, certain things happen in life where you're adjusting. We're helping to plant two churches this year. We're helping to do this. And it's like, there's a lot on your boy's schedule. So I had to figure out what's going to work so that my this won't be affected and so that you all are getting fed properly. You get what I'm saying? The reality is the same with you. You got work. Some of us got kids. Some of us do have a busy schedule. And it's like, how is it going to work? Well, you got to get creative. If you're singing in the shower, that's your time of devotion. If you're in the bathroom, I know some of us are singing saints in the bathroom. You got to do what you got to do. If you got a break at work, Take that time to talk about your boss to God instead of calling your friend. Talk to God. Say, God, my boss is really getting under my skin. And I need your help, oh God. Because you know the old man, you knew who I was before you. And I come to you as humbly as I know. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm trying to make this as, uh, as relevant to you as possible. Because some of us think that you have, some people have this thing in their minds that you, you going to just come and, you going like going straight there. For some, it ain't that bad if you do it. That's great. But what I'm saying is you got to find, you got to say like, Pastor, I just need to find some ways to do it. Some of you, you may not get a chance to read. You know what the Bible app has? Audio. <laughs> you think I spend all day reading? I put that audio version on while I'm driving in the car. You got to do something. These are some practical tips. Hey, you got 15 minutes at home? Take start there. I had a friend of mine. Well, I had a... I had someone call me not too long ago, and he was like, Pastor Brandon, I have to ask you a question. I haven't gotten to the place of praying for an hour yet. Am I a heathen because I don't pray for an hour? <laughs> I said, no, you're not a heathen. You got to build yourself up there. You got to start somewhere. Start with 10 minutes. Become consistent with 10 minutes. Then let's build that up. Let's get to 15. Do it in increments. Because some people feel like if I'm not doing it in two hours and sounding like how the preachers sound, and sound, then God don't hear me. God hears everyone. That's why I say it's a distinguished devotion because your devotion to God is unique to you. Yeah. It's not supposed to be like somebody else's. That's right. It's unique to you. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, let me put a caveat there because I got to move. Let me put a caveat there. Now, I've heard this. I watch The Breakfast Club. Y'all watch The Breakfast Club in the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes I listen to it, and, and sometimes. But, you know, I, one of my the comedians was Tony Baker. Good guy. And I've been hearing this phrase like, my relationship to God is unique to me. Now, I've been seeing people use that as an excuse not to do the things of God and still say it's unique to me. What that ain't unique. That doesn't make you a follower or a devout person of God if you don't follow his commands. You get what I'm saying? So when I say that your relationship with God is unique, meaning that it's unique in how you spend that devoted time with him. Are you get what I'm saying? If you he said, like, I don't really get into King James or any in the book because I think it's in you know inerrant and I'm like, well, that's your opinion, right? But the facts are the facts. 
You know how many times they scrutinized this book? You know how many manuscripts that if they didn't get it right, they had to throw it away so that they can make sure that everything that was written was accurate? Do you not understand that the Bible says that all scripture has been breathed upon by God? Let me tell you something. I told a person one time, he said, listen, if God himself decided to write, write it with his own hand, people would still argue that God didn't write it himself. They would still argue. Those arguments are all pseudo. Why? Because God can use anybody to do what he wants to do. And if God decided to use man to do this, that's what he did. Why? Why would God choose to use people to show how other people can be incorporated into this plan? Why would God himself come down to the earth? He could have sent an angel or anybody else to do it. He came down. Why? To show again that, listen, I am the type of God that is so concerned about you that I'm coming down to myself to make sure that nothing goes wrong. (laughs) That's how much God cared, is that he sent his only son to make sure all things went according to plan. And when the fullness of time had come, Jesus came. You get what I'm saying? So let me hurry and wrap this up. Here we go. He had this devotion with God, and I want to show you something. Number one, that you have to understand that if you're going to build this, the reason why he got to this place is because, number one, if you're going to build a distinguished devotion, it got to be built on faith. It has to be built on faith. It's built on this trust. The reason why I can be committed to him and wholeheartedly commit myself to God because I can trust him. You get what I'm saying? I can trust him. And let me tell you something. You won't commit yourself to somebody you can't trust, or I pray that you don't commit yourself to someone you don't trust. The relationship series is coming next month, so I'll hold on what I'm going to say then. But (laughs) let me stop. Psalm 9, verse 10. Let's move really quickly here. It says, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. You get what I'm saying? He said, the psalmist says, and those who know your name, those who know you in that type of intimate way will trust you. For you have not forsaken those who seek you. This was like Daniel. Daniel was never forsaken at any moment. So that's why he trusted him the way he did. That's why when they tried to use his own devotion against him, they're saying, hey, no one can pray to their God. No one can worship any other God. You got to worship Darius. Daniel didn't care. I've been through this already. I'm not phased by this. I'm going to pray. You know what? When you go through things, we need to learn what Daniel does. Be so unbothered to the point, you know, I'm just going to my God like I normally do. And we're going to talk this out. And I'm going to worship him. And I'm going to praise him. It ain't nothing you can do about it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm not changing who I am because this is the problem with us as believers. We start changing and panicking who we are when stuff goes wrong. And God told us when things go wrong, where do you go? Cast all of your burdens, cast all of your anxiety upon him. The Bible says that those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says if you draw near to him, he'll draw near unto you. So what happens is when we, when we slip up, when we have a mistake, when we do certain things, people are prone to run away from God. What are you running from? You run, where are you running to? The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord go from to and fro. The psalmist said if I make my bed in hell, he's there. You get what I'm saying? Where are you running to? You better come with who you are. Because, again, you're the child. I, you know, I wasn't running any. There was nowhere I could run. I knew I, was in, I, knew I messed up. When we set that house with all that water in it, we knew the doom was coming. Where were we going to run to? These days, these kids wouldn't call child protective services. I don't know what this is from. It wasn't none of that. And the church said, Amen. <laughs> That's why some of these kids are on heart. Yeah. No discipline. Come on. 
Huh? So they build it on faith. You got to build it on trust. No relationship will be successful is not built on trust. God will prove to you that he's trustworthy. And God is just asking, and then God is just asking of you to just be committed. God wants commitment from us just like you want something from him. God wants a commitment. Talk to me nicer. Don't talk to me at all. That's how it is. There is no gray area with God. People living in the gray. and God don't live in the gray. He ain't trying to do no situationship with you. It's either all or nothing. I got to stop. <laughs> I got to stop. February's coming. Leave all or nothing. God, Jesus, when he was coming down on the church, one of the churches, the church of Laodicea, he was telling them, listen, I'd rather you just be flat out cold than to be lukewarm. I need to know who's for me and who's against me. I got that. There ain't no, there is no great area with God. There is none. It's got to be built on trust. Either you trust me or you don't. It's as simple as that. Either you're going to commit your life to me or you're not. Either you're going to live out for me or you're not. You get what I'm saying? There is no in-between. All right? There is no in-between. Be If you're going to be who you're called to be, then just be it. No in-between. Be holy. That ain't asking you to be something that you're not. You are. You are set apart because I'm set apart. You get what I'm saying? Number two, we're getting out of here. Here we go. This is what I want to spend. And a distinguished devotion is built on consistency. Everyone say consistency. Consistency. (sighs) You have to be consistent. Are you getting what I'm saying? God, I want want you to hear me. He's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for people who are consistent. Daniel was consistent. And his enemies knew that he was consistent. And that's why they used it against him. Because Daniel prayed three times a day. He always prayed with the window open, praying towards Jerusalem. That's what his custom was for Daniel. What is yours? Is it waking up, checking your emails, scrolling through Instagram? What was the latest news of the day or Twitter for some? Or TikTok in the morning? And I don't, this is not downing you because sometimes Pastor Brandon don't. (laughs) I, I, I sometimes, you know, fail in that category sometimes in the morning, checking emails seeing who said what today and all of that stuff, and then start praying sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, right? But what I'm saying is, is that are you consistent though? Hey, what's up guys? I'm Leticia. And I'm Boomi. And we are from Transformation Music. And we are so excited to let you guys know that we just released our first ever single. It's called Be Exalted. And it's available right now on all platforms. You can find it on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, you name it, it's there. So go ahead and download it right now. We're so excited to share this with you and we hope you enjoy it too. Absolutely. And as always, transformation starts. Are you consistent? Daniel was consistent. What is he trying to show us? What what are we trying to... You have to be consistent in your walk. All right, you make a mistake. Let's get on up and stay consistent. Let's keep it moving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's stay consistent with our time with God. Well, I got a lot of stuff. Make time. Here's what I think. Here's what annoys me with people. Oh, I don't got the time. You and I make time for what things we want to make time for. If you don't want to make time for it, you're not going to make time for it. If you were supposed to hang out with somebody and you didn't feel like going out, you're going to call them. Yeah. Say you got sick or something. You're going to come up with something because you don't want to be there. Yeah. 
You get what I'm saying? Because you don't want to. Huh? What I'm trying to tell you is, is that we can sometimes be too inconsistent with God. And then God is saying, I, I'm, I'm waiting here to see, hear from you. I ain't heard from you in two weeks. I'm seeing you out here. Stressing, complaining, getting angry, all of that. Where are you at? God say, I'm right here. When you going to hit my line? You get what I'm saying? When you going to contact me? When we going to have, when is our time? And guess what? God ain't going to force you to have no time. He going to wait on you. God ain't just trying to be somebody who you call when things go south. He wants a consistent walk. He ain't just walking. He's not a God that just don't walk with us in the bad times. He want to walk with us in the good times too. God wants you to, listen, you are, listen, it ain't that God is partnering with us. It's that God wants us to partner with him. If he was partnering with us, then that means it's based upon our own thing. But God calls us to partner with him. That means it's based on his own thing. It's not that you run God. God runs this. And this is, the, these are his demands in this relationship that you would follow him. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow him. As you're doing that, then you're looking more like me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what's going to set you apart. That's what's going to distinguish you. Are you hearing me? So let's go here. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 16, it says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. And let's sing, read this together. Be thankful in what? What did he say? Be thankful in what? Did it say just bad? Did it say just good? What did he say? All circumstances. Never, always be joyful. Never stop what? Praying. Never stop communicating. Never stop talking with God. And guess what? Be thankful. The Bible says that Daniel was not only just praying, but he was also giving God thanks. That his praise was not, was not, was, his praise was not contingent on if God was going to deliver him from this or not. He'd been through this before. If God don't deliver, he's still good. God is good regardless. His goodness is not predicated on my feelings. His goodness is not predicated on what's not happening in my life. He's good. Guess what? God will be good before you and still be good after you. God has been good before you were even born. God is good. That's who he is. His goodness has been challenged, but guess what? It still makes him good. You can challenge his goodness. That still don't make him not good. Because he's simply good. <laughs> Hebrews 13. Here we go. Let's read. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. While they were saying that he couldn't claim his allegiance to uh, his God, he didn't stop. He continued. To make a sacrifice. The sacrifice is, guess what? My life is on the line. But he continued to make a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you got to realize is that real praise is a sacrifice. It costs you something. That my praise is, 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 is the reason why we praise God the way we praise him here is because it was with a cost. The sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name, proclaiming that we are aligned to God. And what we what we proclaim, our praise is matching. If you say that you belong to the king, then your praise ought to match who you belong to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I should give him a praise that's just for a king. <laughs> 
got to be consistent in this. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter 15, 58 says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable, always enthusiastically for the Lord. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Your, your pain is not useless. Your life challenges are not useless. All of it is useful for the master. All of what you've gone through, I'm talking about only the things that you had to go through, not the stuff you forced on yourself, but even that can still be useful. Guess why? Because nothing is useless to God. He uses it all to bring upon a great outcome. Hallelujah. When you are devoted to him, it's going to, when you are devoted to him, God will continue to be devoted to you. And here's what happens as we come to a close. Here's what happens. Because of his devotion to God, an unbeliever like Jarius, like Darius, however they want to announce his name because it goes all over the place. This guy, because he loved Daniel so much, he couldn't go against the decree because he signed it. Yeah. And when it's signed, it's signed. It's sealed. The king can't do nothing about it, even though he liked Daniel. Even though he liked Daniel, but he said, even when before they put him in the lion's den, he said this: that hey, let your God deliver you, man. He's proclaiming the goodness of Daniel's God, that praying that God, Daniel's God, will deliver him as he goes into the den. The, the, the next day, Daniel's thrown in. Guess what happens? That God shut the mouths of the lions. Darius and them go down the next day. What happens is Daniel is untouched. Nobody has bitten him. The lions did nothing to him. Daniel was chilling. Why? Because I didn't been through this before. Sometimes when storms come, you can be like Jesus, just resting on the boat. Because this is what Jesus was trying to tell the disciples. As long as I'm on the boat, no matter the storm, I'm not going down because I'm on the boat. <laughs> and as long as the Holy Spirit's inside of you, he has sealed you until the day of redemption. He's our guarantee. That means he's the down payment on my eternal life. And so because he's with me, and because he's in me, that means that this, I'm not going down until the Lord says it's my time. Because he that has begun a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Christ. And that means is that whatever work of sanctification is being done in my life will not be done until God says it's done. I don't care what sickness try to hit your body. I don't care what circumstance try to arise upon you. When God says I'm done, I'm done. But until then, hallelujah, I'm going to see set fast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. And here's what happens because of his devotion and because of his, his, his distinguished devotion. What happens is, is that an unbelieving king becomes a believer and begins to praise the God of Daniel because of his devotion. His devotion is tied to somebody else seeing the goodness of God. Your devotion is tied to seeing some, oh my God, for somebody else to see the goodness of God in your life. Hallelujah. Your children should see your devotion and see how God has been faithful to you. So as they grow up, they can understand that God will be faithful to them if they give their life to Christ. Oh my God, it should minister to your friends and your circle and those who are in your work workplace because of the goodness of God over your life. They will proclaim the goodness of God too. Because he was he had a devotion. He was committed to God. And when God, when he was committed to God, God was committed to him. And because God was committed to him, no lion came upon him. And Darius gave God thanks. He praised him. And then he issued his own decree. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. He issued his own decree. He issued his own decree. Why? Because he saw the faithfulness of what God did for him. 
He saw that. And he praised God, the God of Daniel, because of his devotion. Stand to your feet. What am I trying to tell you this morning, or this afternoon rather, is this. You have to have a distinguished devotion. Find time, make time, and be consistent with it. And if adjustments come, adjust. Adjust. Move with God. Amen? Amen. Listen, if somebody's not saved in this room, I offer you the only true living God. His name is Jesus. When you put Jesus among other gods, he's the only God that's living. (laughs) That makes him true. What you will find in God, you will not find in any other thing when you find Jesus. And all you got to do is acknowledge, hey, I'm a sinner. I don't care how good you think you are. If you don't have Jesus in you, you're a sinner. You're, you're, you're far away from God. And he offers you this opportunity to know who he is. I give you Jesus. You may be saying, Pastor B, I am saved, but hey, I want to rededicate my life to Christ. You can do that as well. It's not that God changed from the situation you did, but he's here with loving arms. If you want to partner with TCF, I would love to serve as your pastor. We would love to cover you. Let's do life together. But I'm more concerned about you being connected to Jesus more than anything else. It is not a church that someone is saved. People are there gonna be lots of people who go to hell for who just went to church. They never let Jesus come in their hearts. It's in believing on the on the Son of the Living God that you are saved, that you are born again and baptized by the Holy Spirit into this family. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, those of you watching online, those of you who are in person, say this prayer after me. It is not the prayer that makes you saved, it's the it's the true belief in your heart of when you make this confession what makes you save say Lord Jesus come into my heart I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior I acknowledge that you died on the cross that you were buried and that you rose again to the right hand of the father and God we thank you because I don't want to live this life alone any longer I want to make you the Lord over my life in Jesus name Amen. And listen, if you said that prayer for the very first time today, you can walk up here or you can see us after service and we'll tell you the next steps of your salvation. All right. If you made a commitment online, text that number. We are going to contact you so we can let you know about the decision that you just made. If you're glad to be saved today, come on, put those hands together. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.